Thank you for joining us on History FM Radio on LiveParanormal.com and History.fm. From paranormal to the unexplained history, it all happens here. Looking to enhance your radio experience? Participate in live interactive chat 24-7 with our radio show hosts and other like-minded people on www.liveparanormal.com. The only interactive social chat room supported by full interactive media. Stop by now and join in on the fun. Well, hello. Hello, guys. We have a very special show tonight. Hi, David. Hi, Fabian. How are you doing? um, So we have Barry Tapp coming on, who is a a world-renowned, okay, which will be joining us in about 10 minutes. But beforehand, we have the premiere of our co-host on Hiatus, Seven Breedlove, a.k.a. Stevie, a.k.a. I call him Stefan, okay, um... His band, his new musical project, is called Dame the Dark. The song, this is a single, and this is its premiere, and we're going to premiere it right here and right now, and we miss you, Steph, and I hope you're listening to this. If you can, call in, okay? Definitely. Is, call in if you're listening, yeah. dude. Yep. Yep. It's Dame the Dark. The single is called Zero One Three, and here we go. <laughs>
Okay, that was the new single from Dame the Dark. Step on, I love it. And okay, and um, I okay. don't know, but that's it. That's it. And um, I wish you would have called in, but I really, really like it. You're like, you guys like what? what? That, oh yeah, yeah. It. You know, you ever heard of OTEP? No. You ever heard of a band called OTEP? OTEP. No. Uh, I've seen the logo, like but. Me. But it, it sounded great. It was very heavy, but yep. I liked it. it nice. Yep, it was. Um, it, it, uh, it to me it reminded me of a cross between like Pretty Reckless, Nirvana meets a whole bunch of other bands. Like kind of like it's a, it's a, it's new and it's good, and I love it. And he's going right. really hard on it, and I'm glad we got to premiere it. And I wish this wish him a lot of success because yeah, good you know, luck. Good luck. Oh, he's definitely. Fun, and he deserves it. And you know. And um, a shout out to him because he was he is our still our he's on hiatus he can come back as a co-host anytime he would like to so that's why, you know what I mean? why we call it yeah. scanning the frequency that's we right music that's right Two. and um music that's right yes. music and the paranormal walk hand in hand yeah. they really do I, it just yeah. Because, oh yeah it puts you in a different zone mm-hmm. with music and the investigation sometimes they use music. To increase activity, so yeah. Shit, I do it all the time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all the time. So that was the <laughs> premiere, and you could check them out. Um, the name is Dame the Dark, okay. And that single premiere was zero, well, oh thirteen. Zero one three. Congratulations. Yeah, zero one three. Yep. And I can't wait for more. Stefan, send me more music. Yes, Stefan. Uh, <laughs> Shout out to Stefan. <laughs> Shout out to Stefan. Yeah. Yep. All right, and right, we're right ready. On. Now, Fabian, would you like to start to inter the inter um um inter, introduction? You want to interview everybody? No, you want to start Barry Taft's introduction for us? He's not on the yeah. line yet, but you might as well oh, he's, start he's, to give. No, yeah, he's, he's not, not on ready yet. yet. Okay, no, that's fine. Mm-hmm. All right, okay. well, Dr. Barry Taft, world-renowned parapsychologist, he holds a doctorate in. Physio, or excuse me, psychophysiology, minor in biomedical engineering from UCLA, is a world-renowned parapsychologist who worked out of UCLA's former parapsychology laboratory from 1969 through 1978 as a research associate. During his 54-year career, Dr. Taff has investigated nearly 5,000 cases of ghosts poltergeists, and conducted extensive studies in telepathy and precognition. Uh, Barry Taff is, is, is absolutely an amazing person. I've been following since, him since I was a kid. Uh, I'm really honored that he accepted my invitation, uh, and I look forward for all of us hearing his story and telling us about him, um, himself and where he thinks he may be going with uh, some of his other research. He actually has a book, a really fantastic book out, and I and I bought the book, and it's an incredible, incredible book. I'm really... And what's the title? <laughs> You're rambling, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Sorry. Yep. Well, don't, he, ha- he hasn't called in yet, so you might as well keep rambling. Go ahead. Okay. Well, yeah, I mean, well, you're telling me I'm rambling, and there you go again, <laughs> correcting me while I'm trying to talk. And that's starting to become somewhat of an issue, but we'll get through it just fine. Anyways, well, well not for the entity. And when it's your time to talk, David, uh, wear it out. But I'm sitting here trying to do this, and you're sitting there trying to correct me. But I'm looking forward to talking to Mr. Barry Taft. And I hope he calls uh, soon. I'd like to hear. I'd like to hear from yes. him. I know he should be here any minute, right? I, I guess. Yep. Considering times are all off on the Blog Talk Radio, lady. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. But we also we, we can talk about our week in the midtime. How was everybody's week? Was it good? Yeah, it was pretty good. Yeah. I, had, I had a decent week. It was a very busy week. Mine too. Yeah, mine too. Yep. How about you, David? Was yours busy? Nope, not a bit. Crazy? No, not a bit. Nope. Me? Not a bit. Yeah, mine was chaotic. Put it that way. You know? Wait, let me see. Hold on a minute. Hi, Jade. There you go. <laughs> I just had to yell out to hi, Jade. So, anyway, so uh, basically my week was hell. Oh, we got a phone call. Hang on. 
Hello. Yes, I'm here. Air? Hi. Yes, this is Dr. Is Barry Tapp. Hi. Last time hey, I looked how are yesterday. You? How's it going? How are you doing? Well, I'm not, I have some medical issues today, but it's nothing critical. Just the continuation okay? of the inevitable. What? Are you okay? What? Is everything yeah, okay. okay? Is everything okay? Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't oh, feel good. that great. But I felt it coming this morning, and once it starts, there's nothing I can do but just relax. Nothing. I understand yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Barry, yes. thank you so much for accepting my invitation. I certainly appreciate it. This is Faith. Oh, sure. You helped me. You went out of your way to help me, which a lot of people don't do. I know a lot of very, very wealthy people, and those people are the ones who never help you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the ones who want to help me cannot. Yep. Right. Right. That's life. You, yep. That's how I can life barely hear life, you guys talking. I can barely hear. Oh. I, I can barely hear you. Okay, we can hear you good. Can you hear me better now? No, worse. Really? Oh. Okay, I'll put that back. It sounds oh, like you're right. talking I... through a piece of metal in another room. Wow, <clears throat> I don't know. I don't know if anybody could tell us how the audio is. Let us know how the audio is, because I can hear you absolutely fine. David, you can hear me, okay, right? Okay, well, the problem is I don't want to be in a situation where I can't hear you guys. It won't work. Oh, yeah. Well, Fabian. Yeah. It sounds like you're on the other side of the planet with a long string between us. <laughs> oh, my God. No. The game, the game. High telephone, technology right? at work. I love it. Yep, that's it. That's it. God knows. Hope we don't have a solar storm. All right, or something like that. We, we're actually <laughs> having one, so you know. Are we have one now? Yeah, oh, maybe God, that's. Yeah, we've had one for a few days. That the sun's kind of going crazy. Yeah. I noticed. Yeah. I know, and I I don't hurt. That would explain that. Okay, there you go. That's good. Okay, you know what now I, mean? I can hear Fabian, you. Um, yeah. Oh, see, maybe it was just a blip. Yeah. In the okay, cool. Who knows? Sounds yep. great. All right, Fabian, perfect. You might have, uh, can you tell yeah. us that, um, ba- about yourself? Um, a little bit of background. Fabian gave it a little bit ahead of time, but maybe you could tell a little bit of your your background also, and the cases that you've been on, and your studies and stuff like that. <sighs> you there? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, we're here. You're talking to the. I don't know who you were speaking to, Fabian or me. Oh, well, I to you <laughs> oh no, I was talking. To, sorry, Mister. Sorry, Barry. <laughs> sorry about that. Yeah, so you tell us a little bit about yourself. Right, I'll never know. So. <laughs> My bad. Okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself, Barry? About well, about okay. your story. When, when I was young and growing up. <laughs> My life's a little different than the average person. All my friends and all my friends did pretty much the same thing. I didn't. Uh, they wanted to get stoned on drugs, and I was building mm-hmm. giant testicles and rockets. Um, uh-huh. wow. There was a film I saw in 1960 that made me want to become a scientist. And that film was The Time Machine, the original one, with Rod Taylor oh, and Yvette nice. Mimieux. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, yeah, beautiful, beautiful movie. I've seen the film hundreds of times. I could speak the dialogue forwards and backwards. Um, ironically, I met George Powell, who made the movie, some 30s, yeah, awesome. like in the late. He wanted to do a sequel, so um, he gave me two books that had been published. It was called... Return of the Time Machine, the other was Time Machine 2. One of them I already read. They were both paperbacks, so I read both. And uh, I started working on a, a, a very unique treatment with some dialogue. And we gave it to him, and of course, he couldn't get funding because the last couple of films he made tanked. And then he passed oh, away. Yeah. And yeah. so um, you know, it happened, but we wrote a good story that would have made a far better version of the Time Machine than the remake. And, 2000 or 2002, which was hideous. It wasn't even yeah, worth no, the, the. Terrible. It was yeah, great effects, but they forgot the story. Yeah. So no. anyway, when um, I was a mad scientist as a kid, I was trying to figure out what the world was all about, <laughs> and and I began having experiences that my friends did not have. As a young child, you know, 
an example, I've told this story numerous times, that, but it makes a good point. Um, in grammar school, we were at recess one day, and it's very sunny and warm, and walking around, and uh, this girl named Christine, a blue-eyed blonde girl, walked towards me, and she's wearing a blue sundress with a big uh, sunflower on the top. And I'm looking at her. Oh. I all I knew was her name. And suddenly I could see that on her right side under the dress or whatever it was, there was a plastic bag and a tube going into her. Now, I didn't know the word colostomy, nor did I know what it meant, but she had one. So I asked her about it, and she started screaming, and they dragged me to the principal's office. They were going to throw me out of school. They thought I was sneaking in the girl's bathroom but looking under her dress. I said, no, 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 no. It's when my other vision kicks in. And they went, what? The principal went, what, what? You know, like Superman, X-ray vision. He went, oh, okay, mm-hmm. I'm going to have to call your mom. So he calls my mom. He explained what happened. And my mom says, yeah, Barry can do that. And the principal went, what? And she said, Barry can do that. What, what do you mean? Oh, wow. He can look through people like they're glass. And so the, the, the principal said, wow. you're as crazy as your son. He hung up on my mom. And he told me, if this happens again, you're going to be arrested, go to juvenile hall, blah, blah, blah. And before I left the room, I forgot his name. I looked at him, and a bit stocky guy, looked like an ex-football player, uh, thick, dark brown hair. And uh, I said, sir, you know, you've got that uh, scar on you. Now I call it a keloid. I didn't know that word then. You know, we had an appendectomy. And he turned purple on me, green and red. Get out, get out. So that's, that, that type of stuff has stuck with me. So I don't have any brothers or sisters. I have some cousins, but they're all real normal compared to me. Mm-hmm. Um, it's in human culture, when we're different from other people, let's say you're a, a famous sports star, you know, whatever sport it is, basketball, football, hockey, uh, baseball, uh, whatever it is, or you're a director or a producer or a singer, or you're, God forbid, a, a politician um, or a very famous lawyer, right. that's even worse. We, we're looked at differently because we get a lot of attention and people wonder what we're like. However, if what makes you different from others is unlike, unlike what makes other people different from others, people don't beat a path to your door. They beat a path away from you because yeah. part of it is they're terrified. When I was at UCLA, they, and I, I was there from 1969 through 1980, and all the academicians were around my parents' age, except a few were a little younger. And they all thought I was an alien. And I said, have you been an okay. alien? They go, no. Well, then how would you know what it's like? <laughs> well, they could do things we can't. I go, so what's the big deal? And they avoided me. The head of the psych department was terrified of me. One of the head psychiatrists did want to be near me because he was afraid what I'd pick up. From him, um, mm-hmm. yeah. But the, the what I'm getting at here, I lived a very different life. Um, I learned when I here's what happened. I kept writing Dr. Thelma Moss at UCLA in in about '66, mm-hmm. and she never responded. No email, just letters. She never said, oh, "Well, gave it up." And then I met one of her graduate students in college, and he mentioned her to me. They mentioned me to her, and they set up a meeting. Between Dr. Moss and myself at her house in Beverly Hills. It was so close to okay. where I lived with my parents, I could have walked. Nice little home. So I walked in and she says, Can right. you do psychometry? I said, Yeah, no big deal. So she threw her keys at me and uh, I described different people. This, this, this. The one thing that stands out was someone who I knew of. I see a fat, blue eyed blonde woman named Shelly screaming all the time. That was an accurate, mm-hmm. if less than flattering, description of her best friend, Shelley Winters, the actress. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Wow. Dr. Moss, so, so anyway, they ran a study on me, published in a medical journal in the uh, mid-'70s. Okay, so you're psychic, but why me? I mean, my parents weren't. Their, their parents weren't. Why me? And this has been the question I wanted to know. My work at UCLA, besides being a graduate school, was in two directions in the lab. One was the in-laboratory work that I was doing, which is on to train people in remote viewing before it was called remote viewing, what we call telepathy mm-hmm. and clairvoyance and precognition. 
The other was investigating alleged cases of hauntings and poltergeist activity. Um, of the latter, I, over the decades, I've investigated over 5,000 cases, most of which begin and yeah. end with one meeting. Go out, interview the people, ask a lot of questions, and then you take measurements of the environment and of the people to see what's going on. Ask a lot of probing questions into their medical backgrounds and if they're using mm-hmm. any, you know, uh, recreational drugs, things like that. Right. But and everything when I got into this field, everything I expected to learn, I didn't. It wasn't there. Things I never thought about, even considered, turned out to be true. Um, example. Okay, this is a, we. There's a pattern that's almost demonstrable regarding poltergeist activity or ha- sometimes hauntings. And it's sim- as simple as this. Imagine you're holding a DVD in your hand. What do you need to watch the DVD? You need a DVD player. It's got to be connected mm-hmm. to, the, to the TV. Uh, to a TV. It both have to be plugged to the wall. You've got to have a remote. If any, any part of that ensemble is not there, nothing shows up on the TV. So... But that is a basic, you know, the most common thing I found that the majority, if not all, people who are plagued with recurring poltergeist activity tend to be seizure proto-epileptic. However, the majority of people who are seizure proto-epileptic are not poltergeist agents. Um, it, it's, it's so consistent you could bet on it and you'd win every time. Um, wow. And what's interesting, me, I, me, go ahead. Barry, go ahead. My, um, I have epilepsy. My daughter has epilepsy. Um, my uncle has ep- uh, had, he passed away. And um, right. my cousin has epilepsy. And our friend Kyle that's staying with us right now, he has epilepsy uh-huh. too. But we did not have poltergeist activity. Right. Well, thank God for small favors. Had, yeah, but, I mean, yeah. However, uh-huh. me, me, my, my daughter... Okay, and my uncle, my my cousin, all had more of a um, in tune with the with the the I guess the other side or whatever you want to say. No, just to access, access information. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now this mm-hmm. is this is but, interesting. Now it gets really strange here. A lot of people are epileptic or are seizure power epileptic. They may never get kindled to the point of actually having a seizure, and this uh, the right. point became very obvious. So. I almost died in 2015. Long story short, I went from L.A. to um, um, yeah, yeah. Thank God I'm here. From I yeah. drove from L.A. to Rancho Mirage in on July 2nd of 2015. I was to help his friend with his help my friend with his mother. She's very sick. Mm-hmm. So I arrived there, and a few days later, I don't know. I didn't remember this. I blacked out in the house, and he had yeah. He took me to the ER called emergency. Oh. And I woke up in a hospital a few days later with tubes coming out of my kidneys and a Foley catheter. Oh, Lord. Apparently, my prostate oh. had grown so large that it prevented the kidneys from draining into the bladder. If I had stayed oh, in wow. L.A. a little longer, I would have died. And I just would have, that would have been it. Nothing would have happened. I'd be gone. So oh, but this is where it gets really bitter. So I spent five, months, five weeks in a hospital, and I spent a year in a nursing home. Then I had a lot more surgeries. Then another eight months in a nursing home. Then I came out, and um, I felt good. Um, so I moved in with my friend in Rancho Mirage. He lived in the house for about nine years before I came around. Nothing weird had ever happened there. I show up to stay there. I had no else to go. And within five days, I was sitting on the couch when I watched television. And I hear a woman's voice to my right going, Barry. And I jumped off the cockpit. I was alone in the house. No one was there, oh. even my friend. Okay. So little things. We had disembodied voices, luminous anomalies, um, all mm-hmm. machines turning on and off. I go, this is really weird. Even when we moved on November 17th. Yes. Okay, so we moved uh, to another house in, uh, to, in Palm Desert. Hotter, you know, bigger house, quiet, very, very large. So we're there. Mm-hmm. Well, nothing's going to happen here. Took several months, and things start happening there. Luminous anomalies, the apparitions, um, a whole slew wow. of events. Um, and I thought, what's going? Wait a minute, what's going on? The chance of going from one haunted place to another is astronomical. 
So I then know. one day I'm in, I'm in the kitchen, and my friend's yelling from the front of the house, he goes, hey, Barry, I left uh, some uh, um, uh, medication on the island in the kitchen, bring it to me. So I brought it in the front of the house, and I was looking at the medication mm-hmm. names. I forgot the names, or I remember what one of them was for. It's an anticonvulsant. I said, what oh, do you yeah. need this for? Mm-hmm. Or oh, I have spasms in my legs and arms. It stops me from sleeping. I said, then you're seizure prone. I went, what? Right. Now suddenly the answer was thrown, was revealed. Now it all makes sense. So anyway, we lived in the house till June of 2021. He, he kept getting in arguments with the owner. I told my friend to leave her alone. She's very troubled lady. She's not doing well physically or remote. Leave her alone. He didn't do it, so we were thrown out. So I've oh. lived, I've been in living in different hotels in Temecula. And he's now living in his car. Yeah. Now, since no that's way. happened, nothing's happened around others. But wow. the first hotel I'm in was Marriott uh, in in uh, Sebecula. Beautiful place, huge rooms. They put me in room 314. Okay. I leave there, then I go to a Holiday Inn. They put me in room 314. Then I end up for social services. They put me in an extended stay in America in room 314 in another hotel. They're like, what? Wait, oh, what does it mean? I have that's no idea. Meaning. But a, meaning. Couple, I, a couple, a couple <laughs> months after I was here, weird things started happening. Um, I woke up one morning and I was so excited that I go, where? Something had moved the bed I'm in across the room. And the foot of it touched the dresser upon which the TV is kept. And I didn't oh, know wow. that. And that door's locked. Oh, okay. Um, last, actually, last week, um, just take the garbage out, put it in the garbage chute here, and walk it back to my room. And uh, I see at the end of the hallway, maybe 50, 40, 50 feet away, guy looks just like me, wearing the same clothes. Uh, darker uh, hair rather than gray hair and we my gosh, he looks just like me but younger and I said, sir, sir and then he was gone if you'd gone through a door they were very loud when they opened and closed as doors are to oh, the stairway wow. so it was gone so the same shirt the same uh, work uh, sweatpants and the same shoe, shoes same face Oh wow! younger with darker mm-hmm. hair I don't know. I, um, wow, like you, you, oh, like wow. you, but not, but you in a different time period, right? No, I was, I, all like I you? knew is he looked like a younger version of me with darker hair with different right. types of glasses yeah. on. And I almost oh, wow. started running, and then it was like a light going off. Mm-hmm. And then a couple of months after I got in this room in uh, September 2021, uh, somebody wakes me up at like three in the morning. I jump up and go, what, "Why am I up?" I look, I pan the room with my head, and next to my bed on the right side is a very old woman, all hunched over. It looks like she already died, and she's leaning oh, into the bed. And I jump back, and then she was gone. Okay, got up, had some yeah, tea, that's back to bed. And then another yeah. time, come out of the shower. Like me. And, and, I do the same thing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not. See something I haven't out of the shower. <laughs> Yeah, I come out of the shower, and uh, there's a body leg at the foot of my bed. Meant months later, oh, wow. and then as I walk up to it, it disappears. So the stuff's still going on around me. But as far as what happened when I lived with my friend for almost four years, um, he was the power supply, and I was the lens. He was quite oh, okay. power for things to happen. This this place, and one of the managers told me that that the third floor, which I'm on, is haunted. Late. Thanks for telling me a little late, but but this is the <laughs> thing of this is um this has sort of been my life. Um, the work we did in the lab at UCLA was extraordinary, and it made us aware of something that's so different than what we thought it would be. It's truly amazing. Basic is an example. We did the real time or so, so remote viewing. That was easy to do. It was boring actually. So. We tried one time to get the backtrack. About a year and a half after we started the program, all these people kept showing up. I didn't know who they were. They turned that up for the intelligence community or military intelligence. 
and I didn't know oh. who sent them. But they watched. They were part of what we were doing, and it kind of freaked them out. And at one time, they re- demanded I surrender the audio, audio tape we made because there was classified information on it. You know, okay, who cares? Oh. So we could do this. No big deal. We got it got boring actually. And then let's see if we could jump ahead one week and describe the randomly chosen target of next week. Could be anybody. You don't know. Mm-hmm. So. The womb, it was dark. It's a sensory deprivation environment. You can't see, you can't hear. And we say, it would describe the day and the time, describe the person, the target, describe. And so we collectively talked about a tall woman with blonde hair and blue eyes, very attractive. And we described her clothing, like a beige pantsuit, very, uh, you'd set it for a model, basically, we wear this. And uh, every chair in the room had a number on the bottom of it. And we named the chair that the woman was going to sit in. Okay, we just saw a three-star name in the Hollywood name Hills. Name. We saw That's a cool. uh, we, we baby grand piano. But then came the most strange thing. We saw a very tall man, about six, four, or five, dressed in black, black shirt, black pants, black gloves, black cape, uh, black hat, black mask, and an imposing sword. And we thought we're losing our minds. So. The next week, new people come in through third parties who had never been there with us. We roll the dice. We everyone was given an envelope with a piece of paper with a number on it from one to twelve. So they sat down wherever they wanted, except the area I sit in control the microphones. And we roll the dice, and the girl says, "Oh yeah, that's my number." Okay. So we we give her the control of the tape, and we say, "If it fits you, if the description we're describing, what describing." fits you about your life, stop it. Stop and tell us. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we described her look exactly. Height, face, hair, eyes, even the clothing. Could have been coincidence. The chair she sat in. There were 23 chairs in the room. She sat in the one we named. Could have been coincidence. Um, and then the three-story home. Yep. Yeah, three-story home in Hollywood Hills. Yep. The baby grand shadow. Yep. Then comes the man all in black, and she turns to me, and uh, she goes, how do you know who I am? And I went, what? She goes, how huh? do you know who I am? And she goes, what are you talking about? I said, what are you talking about? She goes, I'm Tony Williams. And I said, that is who? My father is Guy Williams. He plays Zorro for Disney. Oh, oh wow. What? That's amazing. And she said, and she said <laughs> wait a minute. When did you do this? A week ago. I didn't know I was coming here until a couple hours ago, and you chose me by the roll of dice? What? Well, wait a minute. What does this mean? It means that some aspect of the future is already there, or it's all there. Right. And we're just living out of big play. And that kind of scared some of the people we were working with off, but they stuck with us. Some weeks later, we thought, let's do it again. So all we could see was fire, fire, fire. Okay, forget it. I'm up in the lab the next day at about 10 a.m., and Fire Ridge is coming to the Neurostatiatric Institute where our lab was. That room caught fire. One of the sockets oh, oh, wow. behind the curtain sparked or shorted, caught the drapes on fire. Gee, the wonder I always thought it was imminent. Um, this, it, the whole thing is that we keep it describing things based on where we are in space and time, when we perceive information. If it comes in real time for another person, that could be telepathic. Real time that doesn't involve another person, you're seeing something remote, could be clairvoyance. Comes in the future, we call that precognition. But it's all the same mm-hmm. thing. We're accessing, remotely accessing information. And we found that very small percentage of the public could be trained into doing this. Um, Oh. There's too many variables that distract people and things they have worry on their minds about their life. People are have, mm-hmm. having trouble shutting it off. Um, but the work we did in the lab was amazing, and the consistency of it was truly astounding. Um, we were shocked. How accurate. Uh, a woman, another girl, worked in the lab around my age. I didn't, I didn't like her. She was kind of a druggie, and... Uh, I do want to be around her. Anyway, Thelma Moss, Dr. Moss, like, she, she said, I'm sending so-and-so to your group. Okay, okay. So 
she showed we no I didn't know an angle other than her name. Nothing. And she was a medical student or undergrad. So long story short, she volunteers to be a subject and she we tell her what we're gonna do and she thinks of someone she knows really, really well as the target. So we start describing the band. We just try to get his name phonetically. We got it, but that wasn't accurate. And then we described home and and then we kept seeing that he was being savagely beaten or mugged. So she, well, the, oh. with the feedback period begins. She takes the control. She goes, yeah, that's his house. And your, his name is almost identical to what she described, but it's not perfect. Um, this yeah. was, okay. Two days later, she calls me at the lab. Remember when I was that group? You grouped the other day? Yeah. Remember when I did my session? Yeah. Remember? Well, my friend that you were working on, I didn't know it at the time, nor did we, he was being savagely beaten in San Francisco when we did the group. And got oh, wow. so oh what's my the, God. So my what's goodness. the source? This all comes down that, that we can access, it, it, the best evidence indicates that this whole process we call remote viewing or telepathy or precognition, yeah. it's, it may be that similar to memory, there's a good deal of research that indicates that our long-term memories do not reside on our brain. They're stored in an external power field somewhere. The short-term memories are, but the long-term memories are not. If this is true, that means the way we access our memories is basically paranormal. It's remote. Right. So maybe this is how we function. So we did the groups. We did thousands of these groups. It was The continuity of the work was truly astounding. Um, we had ups and down time but it did work that well but it was consistent enough that if you go to my website you'll read an article called my website is barrytaft.net and what article is called Learned Psy Training to be Psychic and it's all about what I'm just describing now um, yeah. it's but that was the it was good work and we were enamored we were enamored with all but but it began to become boring because we could do it somewhat reliably. Okay. Then the work in the field. A few of our cases became well-known. One is the entity case, 1974, Culver City. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Yep. I don't want to go over it because it's, it's, it's in my book. It's all over the Internet. Bottom line, my yeah, colleague Yeah, we all know time, about that, the case. Yeah, we're, yeah. we're very yeah. familiar with that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't believe that what was happening to Doris Spicer, the woman who was in the middle of all this, I do not believe that it was um, uh, I don't think it was a haunting, I think it was a poltergeist, being a psychokinetic manifestation, mm-hmm. an extension yeah. of yeah. living people and she she wouldn't answer most of the questions I asked her she was very cryptic and evasive and nowadays if people yeah. don't answer our questions, I just get up and leave, I mean, they're hiding something that's important so we right. began to experience things in the house, luminous anomalies, uh, things flying around Doris, and it went on, and we were able to capture some of them with a very fast film. Uh, the most famous one is the arc of light that frames right. Doris Beiser. What's interesting, there was a group with the Skeptical Inquirer. They wrote something about a year ago, one year claiming that we faked the whole case. It's all we we just scared a stupid, crazy lady. We faked it all to get money to make a movie. Yeah, right. Okay. No. And 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 those the picture, the arc of light flaming doors by her on her bed in her home was actually mm-hmm. a hair follicle floating before the lens. What? Okay. Not but there's, an, there's another yeah. arc that goes from top to top at an angle. Oh, that's a hair floating too. Mm-hmm. I, I read that, and that was ridiculous. That's yeah. absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. You're a very, want, very yeah. – you ever yeah. notice their favorite word? Uh, you always, they always say, sorry to say, or unfortunately, or – they use a safe word, the skeptics do, when they're describing what they've already established right. they're going right. to disagree with. And see, these, these people are not just skeptics. They're debunkers. They know right. nothing ever happened, so it doesn't matter what you show them or tell them, they will believe mm-hmm. it. So, uh, right. you know, the, when the case happened starting in the summer of 1974, August 22nd, very hot and humid, these people probably weren't even born, or if they were little tiny kids, 
they yeah. weren't there, so how do they know what happened? Oh, they know. They know. Right. So the minute I run across that, I go, right. Okay, sure. Yeah. You weren't there, but you know what happened. Exactly. Um, they, know, they don't. They don't have all the case files either. They have no idea right. other than what's out there. So they're well, going by. They, yeah. Whatever's they out wanted there, me you know. to go on their uh, yeah. podcast, and I said I'd rather watch Paint Peel. <laughs> I don't want to waste my energy on you people. It's not worth it. You know, all I know, these things happen. The majority are generated by living human people. And um, yeah. the end, so the woman in the end of the case, she moved from Santa Monica to Culver City. Phenomenal worsened when she got there. And then yeah. she moved from there to San Bernardino or wherever said I forgot where a long time ago. And it followed her. Phenomena mm-hmm. stayed with her. It was an extension to her, not the house. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. she moved to Texas and moved there. And then back to L.A., and where she ended up dying. That was 99 or, of cardiopulmonary arrest. She wasn't very old. Yeah. So I said, about yeah. nine oh, wow. years older than me. Um, yeah. Wow. You know, the, uh, there's no, here's what's important. She claimed there were three entities. Not one. There were three. The two smaller ones would hold her down, and the bigger one would rape her. Now, yeah. from a psychological perspective, she had three male children, two smaller ones, one bigger one. And I think there was some mm-hmm. edible thing going on from what I could sense. And she wouldn't answer most of the questions I threw at her. Um, <laughs> yeah. Of her three sons. Yeah. yeah. So the whole point of it is, okay, she's attacked by three, just like her boys. Two older down, the small one, the bigger one rapes her. Um, you can't prove it, but I had to make a bet. I'd say it was an extension of her. Mm-hmm. And right. uh, she moved moved to Carson. We followed her there. Phenomena happened there. Her neighbors didn't know who she was because we kept her out of the media. And yeah. she, uh, and she, phenomena started happening in her new home. And her neighbors, after she moved in, things started happening in their house. Oh, so wow. it's like a bus proximity effect. Yeah. Yeah. And then let's move forward a couple of years. The case, one of our most amazing cases, it's on my website called um, the Cielo Drive. No, 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 no. It's called the uh, uh, the Hollymont Haunting. It's good. Yeah, yeah, get. yeah. We were discussing that before the show. Yeah. That yeah. was the Amazing. most incredible thing Amazing. because it was things go moving through door locked doors and power going on and off. Amazing <laughs> thing. It and was. it was amazing. I mean, it was just going and going. And we went back in 2008. New owner was there. He let us come in and took some measurements and nothing great in terms of energy we could measure. But mm-hmm. as we were leaving, I, I picked up one of my pelletry cases. And there was something carved into the bottom of it. I go, what's this? Uh, these cases are pretty almost indestructible. It looked yeah. like someone took a hammer and chisel and carved out a backwards R. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's weird. Backwards. And yeah. the body buried under the house from 1922 that has a tombstone is named Regina. Yeah. Oh, oh that's exactly quite, quite remarkable. Quite remarkable. Right. So, no, that answers the question know, right there. So the house has been mm-hmm. rebuilt. A lot of work was done renovating it. The plumbing needed little work. The electrical stuff was screwed up. Um, they, it's beautiful now, but the interior decoration is hideous. It looks like somebody went nuts. But you know, people <laughs> in, if phenomena happens to some people and not to others. And what we know now, we didn't know then, is that Two earthquake, active earthquake faults are almost directly oh, under the house. No. Yeah. And there's oh, a God. shallow, and there's a shallow river there as well. Mm-hmm. Oh, right. so boy. Yeah, it goes on and on. Okay. Then we go to another great case. This was 2005, 2006. Um, uh, the the David Olin case, the Sierra Drive case in Benedict Canyon. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, went to the house. And our instruments are crazy there. Um, the geomagnetic field there was anywhere from 200 to 1,000 percent stronger than it should be. So it was polarized. I went there a total of, what, 21 times, and I got sick 20 times. Yeah. So I stopped going, oh. and I didn't feel like dying. 
And it, right. apparently, yeah, we were keeping track of people coming. I was keeping track. Most, almost all of them were younger than me. Most, none, none of which mm-hmm. had the existing, uh, existing pre-existing condition. And six, right. eight, 68% of them became ill when they were there. Right. So, hey, David, what, you what had a question for Barry. You had a question for Barry about uh, geophysical. Uh, you want to ask him? No, it wasn't really the geophysical, but... The geomagnetic, you mean? Right. When when you encountered the higher geomagnetic energy, do you take readings of do you take readings of the positive and negative ions in the same area to see how those would also affect the the human physiology? Yeah. Yeah. We I mapped out the whole house. Yeah. It's uh, it's amazing because. One part of the house is positively polarized, the other is negatively polarized, the joint magnetic battery. And wow, that's when they, weird. When they were building the property, they found uh, old vacuum, um, focal, the way we call it, um, mag, old magma chambers that were there from probably oh, millions of years oh, ago. Oh, wow. So, oh, you know, the, the USGS, uh, they flew over and they said, Oh, the place is really magnetic. Yeah, we know that. Why? Okay, they, they did know. fly just, over. They did, okay. Yeah, yeah, they don't do anything on the ground anymore. It's all done mm-hmm. from aircraft or satellite. Um, oh, yeah, well, yep. And know, the, what's young. interesting is that um, one night we had a storm coming in, lightning and thunder. And at one point, I got two kilovolts per meter. And that's it. Backed up my stuff and left. I didn't feel like oh, having a heart Oh, my God, that, that's enough. Yep. Yeah. So the lightning and thunder actually made it even eight well, times, thousand times we, worse than what it was During a really strong, uh, uh, the wind, you know, Santa Ana winds, in the house you oh, get God, a certain uh, or magnetic uh, uh, ion reading. And then outside it would go mm-hmm. through the roof, enter the house. It was lower, but it would shift. It would the magnetic field would reverse itself. Wow. Went from oh, wow. Uh, negative to positive. Um, That's crazy. That's and the house is simmered down, but nothing lasts forever. And yeah. uh, I, there's no way I could go back there because I'd get sick and end up in the hospital. Yeah. And cedar cyanide. Yeah. Yeah. Cedar cyanide said, yep. well, if it makes you so sick, why do you keep going? Because we're learning things. But if you're dead, mm-hmm. it won't help you. Okay, I understand that. That's, yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Good point. You know, so that <laughs> was. Go ahead. Have you been to any other locations that have been as bad as the house on Cielo Drive? Um, I've been at the uh, Hollymont house. It tends to, it's not the same consistently. I have gotten really high amplitude, you know, magnetic amplitude readings there. And then suddenly pillary Mm -hmm. reversals at David's house. It was fairly consistent. That's what was so odd. And almost everything in the house was, had a magnetic field going through it, which is impossible because glass isn't magnetic. There was leather yeah. or vinyl. So wow. the house is like, ah. you know, you're like, it, so that's why I said I'm not going back. I don't feel like dying for my cause. Um, no. The case of, <laughs> we don't, we wouldn't want that, Greg. Yeah. <laughs> no. And, no. and so the, the whole point is this. There's so many variables to make the phenomena happen. You need once you need a that, an unusual electromagnetic environment, okay. about right. maybe tuned to the. Then you need a person there who's hypersensitive to this, and there has to be what I call inductive resonance coupling. In other words, yes, the magnetic yes, yes. field that they're in has to couple with the person's field. If it does in the right way, and if they're seasonal or epileptic, well, look what's happening. They leave and it stops. They come back, it starts. So it's real. It's paranormal. We're part of all of it. We're not just sitting there, oh, look at that. You know, I know. Um, well, it's all like an uh, antenna, right? Like an antenna. So um, yeah, it's a simplistic way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. 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 Directly the, between the people and their environment. The people right. and their environment. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. In other words, you, you, if you took surveys of people going – the most famous haunted location, geotourism, go there, and 99.9999% nothing happens. They go there, they read about it, and they leave something. Real, one millionth of one percent 
something <laughs> happens when they're there because their nervous system couples with that environment in a way that triggers the onset of the events. So if someone told me this, but I got in the field, I would have went, yeah, right, sure. Now, we do know that magnetic field is the way we access it, access, accesses us, but the energy itself is not magnetic, which makes no sense at all. We can only measure yeah, what we know, electromagnetic, uh, nuclear, or gravitational. That's it. There are no other right. known forces. And there are no, now, this is what's interesting. I have some really good instruments that I take out on cases. And you can measure a human's bioelectric field very easily because it's pretty strong. Measuring a biomagnetic field is almost impossible without a superconducting or squid sensor. And they're not portable yet. Um, right. However, if you take your instruments, you're measuring an old person, and you're getting nothing because their instrument's not sensitive. You then start measuring the poltergeist agent, and oh, look at this. Their body's pumping out a million times the energy it should. What a coincidence. Oh, wow. And, and I, you know, it's like go back to the other people, normal. Go back to the other people, it's there. You know, and, and, there, and of course, there's such a polar epileptic. The question is we keep seeing the same patterns emerge over and over and over. We know enough now we might be able to artificially trigger or ramp this stuff up to where it happens when we want it to rather than when it wants to. But that might involve putting people at risk, which you never do. Right. So it's unlikely that's going to happen. But um, they're all, I mean, like the, the, the Cielo Drive case, if you play artificially manipulated the environment there, you might trigger it at a stronger level, but then you might kill the people that are living there. Right. So you never put people at risk. You just don't do it. Right. And, and so yep. this is all amazing because the more we learn, the stranger it gets. And I think that, you know, there were, when the lab was open, having all these people come to the lab, famous celebrities coming through. Now, this is what gets really interesting. Decades ago, back in the 70s, I was a, well, there was an actress, I don't know if you remember, named Susan Strasberg. Does that ring a bell? Mm-hmm. Yeah, kind of. It does. Okay. Okay. I, but I, I don't know I Beautiful, tiny brunette. Okay. okay. I knew who she was. I thought she was gorgeous. Never met. And then she was on some talk show. My friends saw her, and they said, you're dating Susan Strasberg? I go, I am? What are you talking about? I never met her. <laughs> so why does she claim she's dating you? I said, I don't know. And I just gave it up. And then several years ago, I thought, I've got to find answers. Why Susan Strasberg would even know my name? She said she was dating Barry from the UCLA Parapsychology Lab. I thought it might have been my old colleague, Carrie. No, nope, it was Barry. So I, I looked and looked. And I found one correlate that I never expected to find. It turns out Susan Strasberg's best friend that she met her husband through is Shelley Winters. That's oh, my boss's best friend. So then that wow. explains that. Why she thought mm-hmm. we were dating, I can't tell you because I think she was doing drugs or whatever. It's, um, okay, yeah. maybe. Yeah. It's, <laughs> yep. And then I was in a Xerox oh place. Uh, they have some scripts or business plans done here to go. A really tall guy, and he says, you're Barry Caff. Yeah. Oh, hi. I said, do I know you? He says, yeah. You used to date my sister. I go, who is she? He told me. A celebrity. I go, I never met her. Yes, you did. You should take her out and date. Oh, I my God. I never met your sister. I don't know what <laughs> you're talking about. Yeah, and he described the car I had long ago, the Corvette with the black headers and the side pipes and everything. I said, I never met her. Why would I lie about it? Okay, mm-hmm. so, uh, sometime later, I was at a uh, a deli in uh, San Fernando Valley, a cold, I forgot the name of it, it doesn't matter, having lunch with a friend. And he says, that girl over there staring at you, do you know what you know? There's the girl that this man spoke to me, it was her brother. She, yes, oh. she was her brother. And I said, I don't know her, we're going to go to strangers and talk to them, especially if they're celebrities. And so I looked, right. okay. Weeks later, back in the Xerox place, there's her brother, and he said, 
Yeah, she was really appreciative. Then come over and say hello. I don't know your sister. Oh, well, that's okay. Crazy. Wow. How did I meet your sister? Oh, through Susan. <laughs> Susan who? Susan Strasberg. That's it. I've got to go. Oh my you God. Know, I, I, oh so my whole, God. You know, there's all this weird. Yeah, you know, it's very. I never find that. Either you have a, a doppelganger, okay? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know what I mean. That's nuts. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So this, this all, what this all comes down to is there's so much more at, at stake here. We're dealing with the reality. It's far more complicated and complex than we ever believed, and yet at some other level, it will make sense. The phenomenon is real. It's paranormal, but yeah. where it's mediated yep. by living people in some level. That's the mm-hmm. situation, and yeah. you know, like a tulpa, you, uh, like a tulpa, yeah, right? like and, where uh, yeah. They, yes. and it, okay. Well, yeah. And what's mm-hmm. interesting, we've had a number of cases that started out as a poltergeist case and it turned into a close encounter mm-hmm. and a, 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 a or an abduction. And oh yeah, the best, yeah. 1977. It was um, Valentine's Day. I was out in a case in L.A. with my colleague. We walked in, there was this girl named Judy. I'd never met her before. Probably the best-looking girl I've ever seen in my life, to me. And I went, oh, my God. And my, my colleague kept telling me, Barry, Barry. I went like, what? Oh, oh yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, sure. Anyway, we started dating. Everything was great. And um, there was an actress, still alive, very old now, named uh, wait, 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 Mariana Hill. I don't know if you remember her. She did work yeah. in the... Anyway, mm-hmm. yeah, you, if you look her up, the girl, uh, Judy, looked almost identical to her, almost identical. So we're dating, everyone's great, we get along really well. And then the dreams came, and the dreams were always the same. The dreams were that it was July 22nd, no, yeah, July 22nd, and the, our relationship ended, but I didn't know why. I didn't dare tell her because she would misinterpret what I'm saying as my desire to leave, which I didn't have. So... You know, the date approaches. I didn't tell her. She wakes up. We're staying in her mother's condo in the Hollywood Hills for a while. And uh, she said, why didn't she? She's under the covers crying. And she says, why didn't you help me last night? I go, what? what? With what? Whoa. I'm rule it up. What, what room? This room? What do you uh, rule? Yeah. She said she was lifted out of the bed, moved horizontally, and then she suddenly found oh, herself Lord. in some other place. And she, oh this is 1977, God. so bear in mind the time. Oh. She, there were these little guys around me, big black eyes, no ears, no nose, no, just slit for a mouth oh to behold. And they were cutting Alien. and probing. <laughs> right. And so yep. why didn't they take me? And I was like, well, maybe, maybe I'd be the wrong person for them. But anyway, um, she, they were oh. poking and prodding oh. her and cutting her hair. So I finally Alien. coaxed her up. I finally coaxed her out from one of the covers. She's bleeding from her ear, bleeding from oh her God. nostrils, bleeding from an eye, oh. bleeding from the uterus. Um. Was the best rating. Bleeding from the rectum. Oh, um, oh And my. so, and her hair had been cut in a weird way, and her back looked like oh, someone God. took a little melon ball and took. So she had a complete breakdown. Had that oh, not well, occurred, uh, whatever uh, it was, Barry, had, had that not occurred, we would have been married. We have we what? have twenty five seconds left on the air. Okay. I okay. Uh, we I didn't realize it until Lady started yelling at us, boss on radio lady. Okay, um, okay. We're gonna have to end this, but we're gonna give, give a shout out. Um, your website real well. We're gonna have to end this. We have everything online. Check out Barry Cap. Okay. And we we have had an amazing come back on. For oh yeah, thank again. you right so much, right Barry. For right. my pleasure, you my have pleasure. To go. Thank, you. thank you, sir. All right. All right. Okay, thank thanks. You. I appreciate right. you having me on. Right. Thank you very much. Oh yeah, thanks. absolutely, right. Barry. Bye bye. Bye bye, Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com.
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.